a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. People love stories, don't they? And building stories into your marketing content is one of the best ways to engage with customers. It makes you more human and empathetic. Let's grab a coffee and talk about this some more. Welcome to episode 209 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I'd just like to thank you for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. This week, it's just me and the mic, and I want to talk to you about using stories in your marketing. Now, it's very difficult to use really good stories with human characters and intrigue and plot points in an advert, but it is really engaging to use stories in your content. And if you're making a speech at a conference or a workshop, stories can be one of the most powerful ways to put your point across. It's a great way to be memorable, and if you absolutely nail the story, it could be something that people actually ask for specifically in future. Most of us, or dare I say all of us, can probably trace their love of stories back to a very, very young age. Who can forget lying in bed as a child, having your parents read you a bedtime story? I can remember Where the Wild Things Are. That was a fabulous book, and my father must have read it to me about 50 times. In fact, I'm surprised I never had nightmares after him reading that book. But it was full of scary monsters, but it was also a lot of fun as well. And when I went to school, one of our English teachers, Mr. Plows, was a great storyteller. Now, we had five periods of English a week, and three of those periods were English language, so that was where we were having to do exercises and write sentences and grammar and all of that stuff. But two of the periods each week, Mr. Plows would read us stories. Now, he read us The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. He read us a series of books about a mischievous schoolboy called Jennings. And even at one point, perhaps when I was a little bit older, he read, read us a book called The Hidden Persuaders, which was all about advertising. And that's probably what got me into marketing right from the very start. But Mr. Plows was an expert storyteller. He did the voices. He did the theatrical movements with his arms. And he had a great sense of pace as he was delivering the story. Most of us will have had a Mr. Plows or an equivalent of Mr. Plows in their lives at some times. And of course, in pop culture, we're surrounded by stories, films, TV shows, box sets, novels, even the best YouTube film producers these days weave stories into their vlogs. Stories are a universal language. They bind the world together. And that's why, of course, using stories in marketing is really powerful. But I'm always conscious of the fact that quite often marketers ruin everything. And there's a lot of rubbish being written about using storytelling in marketing. But I always come back to this. Marketing works if it's used with integrity and with a deep, almost obsessive understanding of the customer. Stories are a great way to engage customers. 
We've spoken on this podcast many times about the difference between interruption marketing, I guess that's the more traditional approach of adverts and promotions, and content marketing, which is more putting marketing stuff together that people actually want to read and want to consume, whether it's written, whether it's audio, whether it's video. And whilst undoubtedly a piece of interruption marketing might be trying to tell a story, its main aim is to be short and sharp. It wants to grab your attention, it wants to get you interested in the product or service, and then of course it wants you to take action and hopefully the action you take is to buy that product or service. With content, you've got a little bit more time to tell a proper story, to flesh out the characters, to set up the scenario, to introduce empathy and to introduce human emotions. If you're at a conference, I'm sure you'll agree that some of the best speakers are the ones that weave a powerful story into their narrative. Now, ultimately, the aim of the story is to get you to take action. But whether you buy or not, it's likely that the story will stay with you long after the conference is finished. It'll be memorable. In fact, you may well tell your friends in the pub or in the coffee shop. That story will always stay in your mind. And that is why I'm such a great big fan of storytelling in content marketing. And, of course, because I do a lot of public speaking, using powerful stories in presentations. So let's dig a little bit deeper into storytelling. What makes a good story? I would argue there are two main things, the plot, obviously, and the characters. And this is where, as marketers, we have the ability to create something memorable with the characters that we talk about. Last year, in 2018, I was delighted to be invited to speak at the Youpreneur Summit in November in London. But I'd been using a keynote speech for about the last 18 months, my famous cat sat on the mat speech, and it was time to come up with something new. And I'd been toying with the idea of telling the story of a real person, someone I knew as John the Wine Man. Now, I wanted to tell this story to illustrate the difference between faceless, annoying corporates and engaging individuals. But the story was still sort of fermenting in my mind, and I was a little bit nervous about introducing this character into the speech. And maybe there was a little bit of imposter syndrome going on there as well. So I sat down and I said to my wife, do you think I should build the story of John the Wine Man into this Youpreneur speech? And she says, yeah, absolutely, do it. It's a really powerful story, and I think it really will bring the speech alive. So with my wife's support, I fleshed out the story of John the Wine Man, and I gave it a dry run at a few smaller conferences in the lead-up to Youpreneur Summit. As a result of those dry runs, I was able to refine the story, work on the messages, and most importantly, work on the character. Now, I'm not a comedian. I never, ever get up on stage at a presentation and try to tell jokes, because if I did, they would fall absolutely flat. But there was a lot of humour built into the John the Wine Man story, mainly because of the situation of the story. I think they call it situational comedy, don't they? Now, on the day of the Youpreneur Summit, I went up on that stage and I was absolutely blown away by the response I got to the John the Wine Man story. People laughed out loud 
at the story. People loved the character. People thought the character was engaging. But most importantly, they felt that the character made the point that I wanted to make about the difference between faceless, annoying corporates and engaging individuals and the implications of that on our marketing. In fact, when I was recording some testimonials afterwards, people were saying, you've got to hear the John the Wine Man story. People were saying, I want to be John the Wine Man. I was absolutely blown away by how well John the Wine Man went down. And even today, six months later, I still get people who tweet me and email me and Instagram me and say, I loved your John the Wine Man story. And I was at a conference a few months ago. I wasn't even speaking at it. I was just attending. I was just chilling out and listening to other great speakers. And I had a few people come up to me at that conference and say, we were at Upreneur, didn't get a chance to speak to you at the time, but really loved the John the Wine Man speech. Now, that's the interesting thing. People have started referring to that talk as the John the Wine Man speech. Now, the original title of the um, presentation was something like How to Fix Broken Marketing. I think that's what it was, How to Fix Broken Marketing. But such was the power and the strength of the John the Wine Man story that that speech has now become known as the John the Wine Man speech. And I think that demonstrates the power of storytelling. Even though before Youpreneur, I knew that stories worked, when I came away from Youpreneur, I had it in my mind now that a really good story does three things, especially in a presentational environment. First of all, it helps to prove the point you're making. Secondly, people remember it. And thirdly, people ask for it. Here's another example. I've been working recently with a great company down in Filey in Yorkshire called Cura Financial Services, and their managing director, Alan Knowles, was asked to do a keynote speech at a financial services industry conference. Alan sent me the script of the first draft of his keynote speech. And as I was reading through it, I noticed that in the introduction, he made reference to a character he called the Penguin, as in the Penguin on Batman. And the Penguin was an old sales manager that Alan worked with many, many years ago. And this guy wasn't a particularly nice guy, hence the whole Penguin motif. Now, in the original draft of the script, the Penguin just made an appearance in the introduction. But I wondered whether the Penguin could become the mesh that bound the story together. So Alan went away and worked on the presentation some more and built up the emphasis on this character called the Penguin. He also rehearsed the hell out of this presentation as well. And sadly, I couldn't attend the event that he was speaking at, but... I saw from Twitter and I saw from the feedback afterwards that his speech went down incredibly well. But here's the thing. People were talking about this Penguin character. In fact, I saw a few tweets that actually said, don't be like the Penguin. But the best bit of all was a magazine doing a summary of the takeaways from this conference actually used that phrase in the heading of the article. Don't be like the Penguin. Once again, the Penguin character proved the point that Alan was making, people remembered it, and, so he tells me, people have been asking for it. The second element of a really good story is, of course, the plot. Now, of course, you can read so much stuff on the internet about how to write a good script, how to write a good novel, but ultimately, most stories come down to three sections. The setup, 
the conflict and the resolution. Seriously, most stories follow that sort of pattern, especially films and TV, but also written fiction. Think about Star Wars, for example, one of the most famous stories of all time. The setup stage, that's Luke Skywalker on Tatooine. We get to know him and his environment. We get to know that he lives with his aunt and uncle. We get to know that in the background, there's something going on with the Empire. Second stage, the conflict. That's when the Empire swoops in looking for C-3PO and R2-D2 and they kill his aunt and uncle and force him into the rest of the story. And that's when he becomes conflicted against the Empire and goes on a journey to learn to be a Jedi Knight, to learn the ways of the Force and to eventually square up to and take on and fight the Empire. And the third stage, the resolution, well, of course, it's that climactic battle as all those X-Wing fighters swoop down on the Death Star and finally Luke uses the Force, closes his eyes, presses the button and bang, those proton torpedoes go into the Death Star and blow it to smithereens. Most stories follow that pattern, the setup, the conflict and the resolution. They may do it one or two times within a story overall, within a film or a TV series overall, but usually it is those three stages, setup, conflict and resolution. And we can use those three stages of good storytelling to create content that talks about our products and our services. For example, imagine you've got a, a satisfied customer who's used your product and service. You could use them as the story. The setup phase would be their life before your product or service came along. The conflict could be a problem that they faced. What was the problem that this particular customer suddenly faced in their lives that changed things? And third, the resolution was how your product and your service came along and solved that problem for that customer. The story could be a video, it could be an audio like this podcast, it could just even be a written blog. But if you've got a great and memorable character, and that three-stage story, the setup, conflict, and resolution, it's going to be engaging, you can build emotion into it, and it's going to resonate with your customers. Over the years, I've been involved in many marketing campaigns that have revolved around stories, but one of the ones that always sticks in my mind, probably one of the most successful video campaigns that I was ever involved with, was about a bloke called Howard who claimed on an insurance policy for the company that I was working for. Now, again, this video followed the classic structure. The setup phase was his life, as the manager of a print shop, as the father of a family, earning his money to keep his family finances going. Then the conflict phase, Howard had a stroke. Now he was only 45, but fortunately it wasn't a massive stroke, so he did recover relatively quickly. He had to learn to walk again, but he did have to take quite a time off work, and that affected his finances. So that was the conflict phase. The resolution phase was that the insurance company paid him a sizable lump sum that paid off his debts, it paid off his mortgage, it allowed him to focus on recovery. I think the insurance company also gave him a load of physiotherapy help as well, which helped him to get physically fit again as a result. 
He was an engaging character. He was happy to do the video himself, and he came across incredibly strong. He was a character that proved the point. He was a character that was memorable, and he was the sort of character that people asked about. So if you have a few minutes, have a look at some videos or some audios or some blogs that other companies are putting together, which are very heavy on story. Have a look, see, does it have a very memorable character? Does it follow that three-act structure, the setup, the conflict, and the resolution? If it does, then your content, whether it's an audio, video, or a presentation on a stage at a conference, will do those three important things. First of all, it'll prove the point that you're making. Secondly, people will remember it. And thirdly, people will ask for it. I hope you've enjoyed this little canter through using storytelling in your marketing. I'd love to hear your experiences of doing this sort of thing. So why not drop me a line or hit me up on Twitter and let me know about your successful attempts to use storytelling in your marketing. Thanks once again for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the week, and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.